Bradley on Transformers Chronicles. Well, that, that sure was an issue. Pretty, though. Mm-hmm. There's a theme here. The uh, last episode of this I was on had a similar issue that was sort of a one and done. You were the one that demanded to be on all the filler episodes. I did. I, did. I, think I, I think I did this to myself. <laughs> yes, you created your own prison there. We're going yeah. to call you Scott Stapp from now on. Box Crusade presents Transformers Chronicles. Hello and welcome back to Transformers Chronicles. I'm Delvin, aka the Dark Web. In case you're new to the show, welcome. And let me tell you what this thing is all about. We're going for a wild, crazy ride, chronicling the awesome, wacky, and yeah, especially on this issue, sometimes corny world of Marvel Comics, the Transformers. But I am not going at it alone, no sir, no ma'am. Let's meet my chronicling companions. We will start first up this time in a change up with our Transformers librarian. He is the lesser half of Mary Wash cartoons. <laughs> any, any other MWC um, uh, to our uh, as yet revealed guest, think of an MWC um, uh, acronym for me. His name is Jonathan Schaefer Haynes. John, welcome to the show. Hello, Delvin. I'm uh, having. Some fun here in this uh, future year of 2006. Yeah. I, I was just look, just like sad about the fact that last year in 2005 was the last Star Wars movie where we're likely to get Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> we'll never again see Hayden Christensen in the role of Anakin Skywalker. I remember on Clerks, uh, was it Clerks? I think Clerks, whatever, the sequel that they called him Mannequin Skywalker. And like one of the guys got like really ticked because he was a huge Star Wars fan. So, yeah, uh, uh, that has nothing to do with really what you said at all. But so uh, I should also add, uh, do, do, you, do you have some way cool librarian tip for us that you want to share with the listening audience? I do have a library um, tip or bit of trivia. Today I was going to just point out because I recently encountered someone who was completely unaware of this. So there may be others. Uh, Despite the name, a public library generally receives very little taxpayer dollars, in particular, very little uh, federal or state. Most of the money comes from the board of trustees and donations and often from uh, some local taxes. They go in. So when someone like the person I was talking to says something like my taxes, uh, pay your salary, pay for all of this stuff, do what I did and flip them a nickel and say, there's your refund. Our, our special guest is raising his hand and he has a question. Go ahead, special guest. What kind of shit went down at the library? <laughs> <laughs> Who did you start up with? <laughs> oh, my God. We will save that for um, Transformers Spotlight on a different day. Yeah, that'll be on the Christmas special. Oh, there we have, it's like, <laughs> John shushed somebody a little too harshly today. Yeah. I, I guess so. 
See, I I would have opted for, but I'm a wrestling fan. I would have given them a DX chop. You know, do you know what a DX chop is, John? You're all that absolutely. And give them two words after that. But I won't say those two words because this is a family show, sort of. But speaking of family, that's the best transition I've ever had between you two. We're going to move on to Maggie <laughs> Schaefer Hames, the greater half. Of MWC related content, Maggie. Hello, welcome to the hello. show. Thank you. Hello. Do you have anything? Do you have anything special you want to grace us with? Ah, uh, not really. Nah, nothing special what? or interesting going on here. Mm-mm. Is dressage done? Is that done for? Well, yeah, until it warms up again. I don't go outside anymore. It's October. It, it's starting to get cool here, but if I told you what cool weather was here, you'd look at like me and stop. Five degrees and sunny, yeah. No, I'm it, happy that tomorrow it's going to be 62 and partly cloudy. <laughs> at least see, dry. The high today was here in Charlotte was in the 60s, and it's like already down like to the 50s now, and I am harumphing and complaining. Dang, that's cold. I, I had to I have to put on a sweatshirt. I was grousing all around the house today. It, I was. It was a lot of grousing. Have you ever seen me grouse? No? No? Previously on Transformers Chronicles. It, it's like wrangling cats with you three, I swear. Okay. That's a lot of comments. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't want to read all these. Stupid YouTube and their stupid copyright infringement. <laughs> I will yeah, say, yeah, as of the recording of the episode, as of tonight, then tomorrow is my birthday. So there's that. Oh, mm-hmm. if 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 Mary Jane were here, she could sing you happy birthday like she does mm-hmm. to us. But but unfortunately oh, yeah. for you, she she's not just but you have to take my sincerest happy birthday, Matt. That's great. <laughs> no, because I hate being sung at with a deep, fiery passion. Starting with my very first ever birthday, when my family sang happy birthday, burst into tears, and it's been the same for the last thirty four years. Ooh, I'm glad I didn't. I'm, I'm glad I didn't do that and had you. Yeah, no, don't, tears. don't ever sing at me. Oh, I, I would have made a, a button. No, very twin peaks. Okay, okay, got you. All right, we've got John, we've got Maggie, and we would normally have Pat, but. Pat has some family matters to attend to, and he will be definitely missed. But we do have, you've already heard his lovely voice, my friend for a very long time now, my long box crusade partner in crime. His name is Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. It's been a minute, man. I don't know the last episode you've been on, but welcome back. Well, do you remember the last episode you've been on? Whatever it was, was an inconsequential one-off issue because that is my thing on this channel. <laughs> and I, I believe we were hitting the road on that one. On the road! <laughs> we were on the road! I think it was oh. 23. Was it Runabout and Runamuck? I no, not that did. one. Not that oh. one. The one where the guy stole Bumblebee. That was like Ooh, 16? 16. Ooh, which one was that? Yeah. It was, it's been a while. It wasn't Man. the little scraplet things, was it? Mm-mm, not the scraplets. No. It was 
Like, yeah, the Decepticons made up their mind to, um, they're like, we have the plan to take out the Autobots. We're going to pick on the weakest one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good plan. It works for lions. <laughs> you know? It's kind of Bumblebee's slash Goldbug's lot in life, really, to be the one that gets blown up or have his brain put into a toy car or rebuilt or changed or... Yeah, Bumblebee has been through a lot. And I'm sure Jared's been through a lot too, but not like Bumblebee. Is, is there anything witty or clever that you like to add? Maybe tell us something about your life or, or I don't sure. know. Like, you told me go to come for up with another uh, MWC. So uh, monologuing while wearing a cardigan is what I got. So okay, do that. Okay. Um, I don't know how Maggie feels about like a William Shatner kind of spoken word, like happy birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop there because I don't know how far to go with it. I'll, that's just an option. We putting it out there. That was um, beautiful. I, I love mean, it. I Best birthday you, present. I hope you enjoy what I can only assume is your twenty fourth birthday tomorrow. Right. Permanently twenty four. I like that. And um, coincidence comes together like what's a Transformers group that comes together? Um, Constructicons. Because as of about two months ago, I started working at my local library. I go in once a week on Thursdays. I'm a friend of the library because I don't know if you know this, but libraries yeah. don't get a ton of funding from <laughs> the government. So th- I actually am in charge of um, all those donations he was talking about. Uh, we have like five or six people that go through them and, and scan them and see if there's any particularly valuable books. They pull those, they give them to me. I sell them on eBay for the library. So. Oh, that is really cool. That's awesome. Now have that in, in common. So it's an additional revenue stream for the library um, yes. to expand and develop. So friends of the library group are invaluable to the library. And if anybody you out there is like looking to like volunteer for their local friends, of the library, I'm sure there is something that they would um, love to have you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Two and a half hours uh, a week is uh, is what I'm doing. What most of the friends of the library do. We're up yeah, the, yeah, they do the quarterly book sale and all that. And I can say I'm just doing the online stuff, the more high end uh, books, and it's it's a lot of fun. I get to see a lot of cool stuff. I got a a history of Rome textbook that was printed in Philadelphia in 1789. Holy Whoa. crap! You come you across way that. better That's yard really sales cool. and things. It was so cool. It was so cool. Yes, yeah. I, I am so jealous right now. I am more jealous of that than they than anyone has been about anybody, any like Star Striker or USS. <laughs> <laughs> because that just made me of like melt just to think of the existence of such a thing. Oh, <laughs> that is so great. So neat. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, Jared, you, you did such a great job of seamlessly interweaving yourself in. Uh, well, that's it. Jared's in. Pat's out. Sorry, Pat. Uh, we you hear this, you know, uh, take this at your two weeks notice. I'm all say. Pat can't go to the library because he can't read. <laughs> please edit that out, John. Yes, please. <laughs> please edit What do you say, out. edit? I don't know. I don't edit anything out. How you all hear it is just from here to there, including the music. The music we are creating as it happens. As it happens. Yes, I love it. Yep. Yeah, it's a little like a little Happy Gilmore. Play it as it lies. I had to play it off of Frankenstein's fat foot. Okay. <laughs> and then, <laughs> delete all of that and just uh, take this awkward uh, transition. 
the purpose of this podcast will be tackling all of Marvel's Transformers comics in order, starting with issue one and working our way to series end at issue 80. We'll answer any questions that are brought up to the best of our abilities and see how these books we loved then as a kid hold up to our eyes as an adult. Now, this podcast is guaranteed to be, you guessed it, more than meets the eye. So, Jared, John, Maggie, let's see what happens when we take a break from main continuity and check in on some cartoon-like adventuring right after the promo break. The Transformers will return after these messages. Broadcasting from the back of a van. What have we gotten into? It's Radio Free Muncie. Three dudes talking about gaming and comics. We're going to have some old school versus new school discussion. All through the lens of the Knights of the Dinner Table comic strips. Layer of the gazebo, classic strip. So join us at anchor.fm slash Radio Free Muncie. We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back. The issue we will be covering today is Transformers issue 43. And here's John with the cover description. Fortress Maximus is yanking his head off of his shoulders in the upper corner box as if to toss it away from the rest of what's going on (laughs) in this issue. The rest of us are not so lucky as we have to look upon what we see below, which is... um, Rodimus Prime uh, and Galvatron fighting each other, uh, both of them completely off model and um, it, at a weird sort of angle while a whole bunch of rocks fly around in front of some sort of, what would you say, great tan background. Yeah. Um, there's a, a yellow bubble burst thing that says Rodimus Prime versus Galvatron. Deadly duel in the promised land. The Transformers logo is in just solid red, as is the Autobot symbol. And at the top, it tells us that this is a saga from the future starring dot dot. And then Rodimus Prime versus Galvatron. Deadly duel in the promised land. Probably should have started in the top and gone down. Like cover descript, like dusting, color cover description should be done that way. <laughs> anyway, this is a dumb cover, and I don't like it. And, I, and uh, that's what I have to say about it. Uh, Jared, what do you have to say about this thing as the artist? Well, I'm probably going to be the most forgiving out of all of us because you know I only dip in and out on inconsequential issues of Transformers, and I don't know a ton about them. And what I do know about them. Mostly, I know from the few episodes of the cartoon I've seen, and of course, the movie, the animated feature that I've seen over and over and over again, this is clearly marketed to the latter. Mm-hmm. This is clearly on the shelves to say, hey, kids, remember that cool movie we made? This should remind you of it, and you should buy it. And it worked on me. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember these characters. So <laughs> from that angle, it worked on me. There's a couple of things I like about it. I like the energy with the rocks and the, the the motion accent lines coming in from all around the edges. I like that. Uh, I am like the action pose. It, it, it looks like they're in a fight. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten that they tried to make Rodimus Prime like Wolverine uh, when they developed that toy. And now I'm reminded of that with the little three claws thing. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, it's Herb Trimpy. So I'm going to like that, too. I've always liked Herb Trimpy. So from my perspective, I kind of like it. I get that it's kind of a throw off from where you guys have been for a while. But as 
as kind of the stumbling, bumbling kid in the late 80s, it was like, yeah, I like that movie. That movie was cool. I see this on the spinner rack. I would pick it up. I'll take it from there. Uh, actually, I want to ask John, without harping on it too much, why is it dumb to you? I remember I would buy most of my Transformers issues from one of two drugstores. The first drugstore had the comic book rack uh, right visible from the door as you were looking in from the outside, even when it was closed. And I remember a day it was uh, when I was walking by on a, after hours and came across it on a, it was a Friday night and I saw this and I looked inside and I saw this issue front and center on the top. And I um, knew I wasn't going to be able to see it until Monday. And I was like so worried after I had just previously finally seen Optimus Prime come back that they were going to ditch it. And now this is what it was going to be. So that is, of course, tainting every aspect of this comic book for me. Um, I shouldn't say hate. There is a lot of um, energy in it, which I do like, like uh, Jared was saying. Um, That's about like one of the things I do like about the story inside. There's just some sort of frenetic sense about it. And the rocks are cool, but really, what are they doing? Are they falling? Are they exploding outwards? Uh, Jared said those were um, motion lines. I now see that, but it's hard to even tell with all of the background stuff and and all of the like color form stamps everywhere. Um, I don't really like the pose of the way they're fighting because his shoulder... Uh, Rodimus's left shoulder is like kind of blocking out the bottom of uh, Galvatron's uh, face a little bit. Plus, when I say Galvatron's off model, he's lacking like the two things that make him look like Galvatron. He is lacking his gu- his gun on his his arm and his uh, backpack that just makes him instantly look like Galvatron. I appreciate that, Maggie. You want to take it from there? Um, I feel when I look at the cover, I ca- the word that comes to my mind is awkward. It kind of looks like Galvatron, and, and um, I was going to call him Optimus Prime. That's not his name. Rodimus Prime. Such a forgettable character. Talk about dog. Till all are one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look like they're kind of being squished to like fit into the space in the middle. But the art mm. itself like isn't terrible. Although mm-hmm. it, you know, it's all right. It's it's a fairly basic kind of cover. It doesn't wow me. I do like how the red of the Transformers logo at the top works against this kind of very soft brown color of the background. Um, and I do like the the action, like the motion, but I, I still feel I agree with John that, that the pose is is awkward and that kind of throws me off, I guess, a little bit off it. But I'm not like offended by it. OK. And my opinion matches Jared's probably the most. I saw Herb Trimpey and I was like, oh, Herb Trimpey. I believe Herb drew one of the first uh, covers of Transformers. So that's one of the reasons that I'm like, okay, so they at yeah. least brought back a, a familiar to the Transformers universe and Herb Trimpey. Um, you would think that I would have caught Galvatron not having his uh, cannon. Um, I don't know if it's still a fusion cannon like Megatron's is or like some souped up version, but close enough. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. That, that would have been cool to have. But I don't mind the pose. And and I, I also agree with Jared when he said that if you were a kid and you had seen the movie and this comic book came out and we're about to read, uh, see, the comic came out in 88. And when the movie come out, 87. Um, 
Movie came out in 86, and this is 87, almost a full year afterwards, which which actually is... Um, kind of makes it an extremely odd choice for this time for this to be happening. But, you know, I'll get to that later when I talk a little about the issue itself. I got you. And I mean, the timing might be slightly off, but I mean, not so much so that I think that a kid who would have seen Transformers a movie and liked it may have seen something that had Rodimus Prime and Galvatron on it for the first time and thought, "Mm, yeah, I'll get it. So while it's not the best cover in the world, I like it for quite a few reasons at the same time. And with that, we're going to rate the thing here on Transformers Chronicles. We rate things on a scale of 1 to 10, like the tech specs on the toy boxes back in the day. Uh, let's start with our guest, Jared. Uh, what would you rate this cover, uh, Transformers 43? Um, I think I like it at about a 7. It's a seven for me. It's it, it has that feeling that you and I have talked about before, Delvin, whether it be on G.I. Joe or Transformers or whatever. What do you get Herb Trimpy for, Delvin? What do you hire him for? You hire him for that. You hire him for good. You hire him for hire good him for and level. fast. Yep. <laughs> Good yep. and fast. And yep. that's what it feels like. It feels like they're like, oh, we got to buy some time. This is a buy some time issue. Uh, we've got this one off that Ralph wrote, and we just need someone to draw a cover real quick. And I love that. I love Herb Trimpy. So while anybody else might have gotten a five or a six, it's Herb Trimpy. So it's getting a seven. And I like it. And I'll jump on board with that. I'll match the seven. Like, was it my favorite Transformers cover? Absolutely not. But is it serviceable? Yes. And is it serviceable for this issue in particular? Also, yes. As a matter of fact, I'll say it's the best thing about it, but we'll get to that. Let's go to John. Uh, John, what would you rate the cover? Uh, I'll give it a really high six. Like really pushing like at the envelope of the six because there are a lot of Trimpyisms I like it especially Galvatron's face is kind of cool. It isn't very Galvatron-y, but the guy that it is is neat. <laughs> and um, Optimus Prime, or I'm you see, I did it too. Uh, I am Optimus Prime. Uh, Rodimus here probably looks about as badass as he ever did in this era right here. So that's something only Trimpy could pull off. So that almost pushes it to a seven. The thing that drops it then back down is Deadly Duel in the Promised Land. I don't think um, fighting a, on a bunch of junk floating in space constitutes as the Promised Land. I call foul and I dock it a point. And before I go to Maggie, I just want to add, if either one of you confuse Optimus Prime with Rodimus Prime again, we're going to have to fight. Um <laughs> That is completely fair, and I understand. Those are just the rules, I think. I apologize. You, who are without mercy, now plead for it? I thought you were made of sterner stuff. In the bylaws of the cast, yeah. Even as, like, the world's only Rodimus Prime fan, I understand. The Um, thing is, is I was prepping what I was going to say, and in my head, I said Rodimus, and from my mouth came Optimus. the same thing. It's not supposed to do that. It's supposed to say what I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Maggie, say what you think and tell us what you will rate this issue. So, okay, I have to try, or I'm making an effort to try to remember that on a rating scale of 1 to 10, 5 would be average. 10 is exceptional. 1 is really, really terrible. Correct. And, um... 
if, if I think of it in, in that term, I'd give it a five. I, it's not below average. I don't really see it as being, for me, above average. It doesn't really tickle my fancy that much. Um, it's, it is serviceable, and therefore, I will put it at a five. I think that's decent. Like all the time on one of our sister shows, Action Film Face Off, that's what Jared is very cautious uh, to let the viewers know that a five is not a bad score. It's right down mm-hmm. the middle. And it's yeah, therefore, and, and that'll be the last time I ever mention Action Film Face Off on this show because it's not <laughs> uh, Jason is going to fight a bear on an upcoming episode. That's great. We got to tune in for that. We have Uh-oh. to mention action film face off all the time now. Is it like <sighs> just, if we say it three times, like Jason and the bear will just appear? <laughs> no, <laughs> Jason, Jason and a bunch of cats. Absolutely. And a bunch of cats. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. And here's Jared with the credits for the issue. This is Transformers number 43. It's on sale date was April 26, 1988. Its cover date was August of 1988. Its cover price was $1. Its story is by Ralph Macchio. That's how I'm going to say it. Pencils are Alan Kupperberg. Inks is Dave Elliott. Colors are Nelson Yamtov. Letters are Kurt Hathaway. Editor is Don Daly. And the cover credits. Credits? I don't know what credits are, but the cover credits are Herb Maurice Feldman Trimpey. And that's all thanks to Mike's Amazing World and TFWiki.net. Back to you, Delvin. Thank you, Jared. Let's get right to the synopsis. It is a world transformed where things are not what they seem. It is the world of the Transformers. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots please their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The Transformers from Marvel Comics. The title of this issue was The Big Broadcast of 2006. We take a break from the earth shaking events of last issue. Why? I honestly have no idea. Maybe John is going to come up with some knowledge about it later. So, anyway, the vast majority of this action on this comic book revolves around the planet Junkion, home of, well, the Junkions. They hoard trash, you see, and the Quinazons, beings who once ruled Cybertron, want a very specific doodad from the Junkion's junk planet. They dispatch the Sharktacons to go get it, but the Junkions are very protective of their junk, to no one's surprise, and repel the Sharktacons, leaving the Quintazons to come up with Plan B. Use the Junkions' predilection of consuming endless amounts of Earth TV to encode a subliminal message, making the Junkions violent to any life form that is not their own. If you're asking the question, couldn't they have just used a subliminal message to just make the Junkions friendly to the Quinazons or maybe the Sharktacons? The answer to that question is yes. Would have made much more sense too. But anyway, it's this blooming conflict that eventually brings in the Autobots, the Decepticons, and many, many other races in what almost became a galaxy-wide conflict that sees a brief fight between Rodimus Prime and Galvatron, but ends as all subliminal fights seem to, a counter-subliminal message to counteract the first subliminal message. Thanks, Blaster. And the doodad that the Quintessons wanted all along was lost in space, and I'm pretty sure that we never find out what the heck was on that doodad in the first place. 
Bravo. Bravo, <laughs> my friend. That that was not easy to to do in any case. And you took you took that sow's ear and you turned it into a silk purse <laughs> and there's a tear in my eye. <laughs> well, thank wow. you very much for that. We are going to take things around the bend here as it were talking about highs, lows, what does, and once again, we're going to start with our guest here. Jared, we bring you on for these, you know, crazy offbeat episodes, and this one is crazy and offbeat, so you can take it away, whatever direction you choose. All right, I'm going to take you on a bit of a roller coaster right here, <laughs> much like the issue itself. My biggest takeaway from it's a bit of a negative, <clears throat> and that is on Mystery Science Theater, they always say, whenever they're watching a bad movie, right? Because that's what they do. And in the background, someone's watching an actual good movie. They always say, never play a good movie in the middle of your bad movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> in this one, they they tease some sort of a movie called Crambo, which is like Rambo fighting slime lords of Beta Hydra 2. Oh my God, yes. And I was way more interested in that. I was like, I want to see Crambo no fight the deadly slime lords from Beta Hydra 2. <laughs> More than anything else. <laughs> and just to, to put the oomph on that, if you guys have the actual issue, there's an ad later on for Rambo, the NES game. It's all tied together. Uh, so, yeah, I had to laugh when I was like, the, when I finished, I was like, what is the thing I'm really just thinking about? You know, that's what I like to do whenever we do these on Longbox Crusade, whatever. I close it and I go, what's the last thing? And I thought, Crambo. I want to see Crambo. <laughs> so... Uh, that's a bit of a low just to spin that into a bit of a high. I personally kind of enjoyed the way the junkians speak in TV terms. And I was impressed. I impressed myself with how many of them I actually got. I was like, Oh, I'm getting a bunch of these. And to get back on the roller coaster ride to sadness, one of them was from TV show called sledgehammer, which I I love. It only ran for two seasons, and then it made me sad because I was like, "This is supposed to be 2006. Sledgehammer's not still on in 2006, but it should be." <laughs> Maybe in this universe, it is. All right. Or I what I always what I always thought was that the signals, however yeah. they got from Earth mm-hmm. TV to Junkion, mm-hmm. took forever and a that day to get there. Sense. So. Yeah, so they're getting all sorts of recordings and stuff. So that might be why um, Sledgehammer mm-hmm. is still around. That in the that makes sense. It yeah, in the, the year of our Lord, two thousand six. It's the second Sledgehammer reference that Budiansky has managed to shove into. Or this isn't even Budiansky. This one's just lucky. Budiansky <laughs> managed to slip a Sledgehammer reference in into an earlier one. Is it weird uh, that I have like within arm's reach? Sledgehammer um, has the greatest last episode of of all time besides Newhart for the exact same reason. Uh, Welcome to Sledgecast episode one. I'm Jared. I'm John. (laughs) I I better rein us back in because I'm sure that everyone might be a little bit more interested in Sledgehammer than this issue. But what I'm going, what I'm going to require, and Jared, thank you for that. I'm going to require something, and I'll do the same thing. I understand the feelings that people have about Transformers 43, and I'm definitely not saying that they're not justified because woe be it unto me, humble host that I am, to ever, you know, 
disqualify or discount anyone's feelings. That said, if y'all would do me the favor of giving me one positive, one positive about it, and then you can go into whatever the heck it is that you want to talk to. I know how John feels. I don't know how Maggie feels, though. Maggie, with those criteria in mind, yeah, go. Go for it. Skylinks, isn't it? Skylinks! I like Skylinks. Skylinks! He's one of my favorites. Uh, it appears I'll have to save you as usual. Um, I recognize the characters. The art wasn't too bad. <laughs> you sound like you're giving <laughs> like three in a row. <laughs> it sounds like you're giving an Easter speech as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let this mark the end of the Cybertronian Wars as we march forward to a new age of peace and happiness. When the, the, the prisoners of war in Vietnam have to say how good they're being treated, that's, that's what <laughs> Like they're 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 taking good care of us. Till all are one. Till all are one. Okay, now with now with that out of the way, say whatever it is that you would like to say, and thank you for indulging me, Maggie. (laughs) I mean, it just. I, I think I was two pages in and I looked over at John. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I didn't know. I had to literally ask him, like, am I misremembering what happened in the last issue? Because this has nothing to do with anything. Um, and it really threw me for a loop. And I'm sure there weren't many kids at the time that hadn't like seen the movie and who were only reading the comic books and not following along with the cartoon. But can you imagine if you were like just following along with the comic books and like this happened, just like, mm-hmm. what happened to my everything that makes sense. So, but I mean, the issue itself is just weird and it seems all very pointless. I don't remember the episode from the cartoon. It's based on a cartoon episode, right? Yes. Yeah. From like the third season, which is the bad season. Right. John, if you want to take it from there. I actually have several good things. I wrote them all down because <laughs> I wanted to just get them all out of. Um, I do like kind of just the gonzo frenetic energy of whatever this story is. You know, I just really it just zips from point A to point B. This was written by Ralph Macchio, who is, despite efforts here, we know the best around yes <laughs> that that's true he is he is a man who will fight for your honor that's it's yes. Very true. best 80s movie i do too uh so ralph macchio who wrote the first issue of tra- the transformers which as we know is we're still reading because it is the wordiest comic that has ever been written. Seriously, Chris Claremont would look at this and bring John Byrne over. Go, can you see, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And he's like, I can't get past the first page. It's so long. It's so much exposition. So he he manages to do probably the impossible. It's obviously didn't have too much time. And it's like, here, adapt this issue somehow. He's like, all right. So for that, he does a pretty decent job. I, along with Jared, love all of Regar's uh, uh, references. Um, it's um, and I, you know, hear it in Eric Idle's voice doing it a million miles an hour. You know, so it, it, some of them were really, I thought, were clever. And 
I, I was going to suggest you know beforehand and forgot. Maybe we could just skip um, the review of this and just go through and try to figure out what all the references are. But nah, we're. Um, I also really like that the aerial bots and Superion were in this because I really like the aerial bots and Superion is my favorite combiner just all. And one of the uh, faults of the Budiansky run that the cartoon doesn't have a problem with because they have, you know, different takes on the same you know, mission is that uh, once that he doesn't, once there are more combiners, uh, he doesn't really have the option or luxury to go back and show the old ones again. So you don't get to see superior and all that once, um, even though you manage to see him more often, probably than any of the rest. Anyway, it's nice to see him again. And with that in mind, there is the one panel, uh, which I would, which I would call probably the only really good panel, which is on content page 11, where Superion is getting hit by whatever happened, but the explosion and Superion getting caught in it. That's pretty neat. And also Omega Supreme fires a gun in this, which is something we've only seen him do in one issue before. So that's really, really cool. Uh, I do also have for, for other good things. The this must have been so much more confusing for the Brits uh, with the UK issue because Furman's at the time was writing a story that he was interweaving with with the regular uh, story, but his was involving the uh, characters from the movie that he had in his own time travel story going on. And it is, it's insane. It is um, Galvatron and Ultra Magnus from a parallel universe coming back in time and just basically fighting each other all throughout Europe uh, through for several issues. Just it's brutal and amazing and nuts. Seriously, Transformers UK is next level uh Crazy. I believe that we covered one of those issues on. We did. We uh, covered one of the on Crusade Miss one year. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's they. It is just some just next level weird stuff. And if you can get a hold on it, of it, still um, like it was collected by IDW at some point. It's worth looking at. Otherwise, John M. Wilson had a short lived uh, podcast which covered a lot of it. It's the TFUK podcast. You can find it on johnreedscomics.com. There. He goes, you owe me one, John. Anyway, um, but meanwhile, in the middle of this, like, really intense, very well done, um, I'm taking pains to make you keep straight, you know, the fact that this is a time travel thing going on. He gets this thing dropped in his lap that he has to also show in the middle of it. And so thinking, which would have just confused the hell out of anybody who was dealing with the fact that Ultra Magnus and other, you know, Galvatron, Cyclonus, other characters like that are showing up and suddenly this is going on. So he wrote an intro and outro piece for it, which just established this as basically a, uh, this is Regar's fever dream. This entire thing is just some sort of weird hallucination that Rhaegar is happening. And it ends with Rhaegar saying, and to all children everywhere, good night, which is like a British. Um, it's, a, it's a thing all British people know from like old, like a story time hour thing. So, so way to, way to think on your feet there, Simon Furman. That is uh, some good librarianism, uh, John. Like I, well, I, thank you very much. I knew none of that. Yeah, so if I'm to give a good thing, 
about the book or good things. What I appreciate it is, yeah, I, I like that there are some characters either we hadn't seen in a while, like a Superion, or that we haven't gotten to see in the main Transformer stories, such as Galvatron. Matter of fact, I kind of liked how Galvatron was portrayed, where uh, all this was going on, and then I think Astro Train came up to him and was like, hey, Hey, leader, something's going on in Galvatron. He just smacks him. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Like I, I would much rather just sit here and brood and, and look menacing than care about anything until he was hypnotized into the battle. So that was cool. Rodimus Prime isn't going to really be in this, uh, the normal continuity run of the Transformers. So while I'm not the hugest fan of Rodimus Prime, it, it, it is you know cool to see him uh, appear in the book and he got to briefly fight with Galvatron too so that too was cool um, yeah the, the story in you mentioned Ralph and I'm so glad you reminded me that Ralph Macchio wrote issue one of the Transformers that's exactly what it felt like like mm-hmm. it was like a retcon of sorts back to issue one and <laughs> I wasn't the I wasn't the craziest about that because you're right like reading issue one was it, it, it was a haul because that, like, I mean, was a long issue to read. Uh, and so that's that's what it kind of reminded me of. And I kept wondering out loud what was the purpose of it. And I, I still don't know. I don't know if you're holding on to, you know, that nugget or not of as to why after such a great reveal of last issue of Optimus Prime coming back uh, to life and he's about to leave Nebulos and come back and uh, presumably go to planet Earth uh, and join up with the rest of the Autobots again. I would love to just continue with that story right away. And I I Mm -hmm. wish I knew exactly why in the world uh, they decided to take the detour that they did. They decided to put this in and I guess they had the uh, plans to do so at some point just because they really assumed that the movie was going to um, spark popularity and keep people like invested. If I'm not mistaken, and if I am, I'm sure some folks are going to tell us uh, in some comments somewhere. Um, I think the cartoon was actually done by this point, because at least the um, the main one. Yeah, there there winds up being the headmasters one, which is kind of a pseudo season four, but that's its own thing. But just the regular one is the um, because Optimus Prime had returned already on the cartoon long before that. And that basically ends season three of the cartoon. Um, Sales of Transformers by this point were declining quickly because everybody had discovered these Ninja Turtle things and were really keen on buying them and weren't as um, keen as shelling out Thirty-five to fifty dollars now. You said shelling out. Shelling. <laughs> I did, in fact. But yeah, so it was bizarre. I even remember at the time there were the bunch of us that were uh, getting this. We were really confused, and we were really worried uh, that it was going to uh, keep going because this is technically it's not a two-part episode, but the story does continue in the cartoon. I think we find out what the floaty MacGuffin is at some point. Ask me what it is. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I can't remember. The I, third I, season I, is not very good. I just was going to ask. Like, very well, not very quickly. Um, there's not a lot to cover in the issue itself. Mm-hmm. But that said, you know, everyone's had a round. And I think if 
anyone is inclined, we should have another. Jared, do you have anything else that you want to add? Oh, sure. This issue gives and gives, man. There's so much in it. (laughs) (laughs) When I say there's so much in it, I've been counting while you guys uh, were chatting just now. I and can tell you what? weren't listening, Jared. So, uh, yeah, so I have no idea. You were doing something for constructive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to give some reference, Delvin, as of this recording, the most recent come out to play New Warriors live stream we did, we did for issue 32, which was a pretty jam packed issue. It had 105 ish panels. This Transformers issue of the same length had 150 panels. <laughs> <laughs> like 33 percent more wow. i don't know if the math is right on that but oh poor copperberg yeah and uh, man so hats off to copperberg who had to cram all Dang. that story in there i swear it was like 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 ralph just popped some speed pills and just started like writing furiously <laughs> and then like copperberg with the office he's like this is going to require 150 panels and, <laughs> and and ralph was like i don't care make it happen let's go you know <laughs> and that there you have it yeah so there's a lot of panels um some other uh nitpicks we'll do a, a highs and low i'll be like pat let's keep talking um it'll, it'll take a <laughs> so a nitpick that i had that i thought was weird was the aerial bots got involved right there for a little bit it, correct me if i get the terms wrong no you're right and they're like, they're getting involved, and all of a sudden there's like laser shooting at them, and they're like dip dive dodging, and they're like, hey, I got an idea. Let's form a bigger, slower thing. <laughs> and I was like, strategically, this is not sound at all. <laughs> but then I'm, I'm prepared to backpedal because then they were like, apparently, when he's together, like he can take a lot of damage. Uh huh. Like, That's correct. Like punched the spaceship, and it knocked him back a bit. But, anyways, um, so I thought that was funny. And I would be remiss to all of you who have put in uh, up to this point, 43 plus, I think you did some spinoff episodes at one point of Headmasters or something, 43 plus episodes of Transformers Chronicles to, to note that in the very first dialogue box of the very first page, they mentioned the title of this podcast. It is the year 2006, according to the Transformers Chronicles. Mm-hmm. I saw it. Yeah, I said that too. <laughs> I saw I it. I, I, I did the I did the Leo thing. I was like, "There it is." Is <laughs> the meme? We are going to make this work for us somehow. This makes us official. <laughs> I, you know what? I guess I will leave it there. 150 panels. God bless you, Alan Kupperberg. If you're unfamiliar with him, by the way, just because I want to sound cool like John. Uh, he did some work on Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man. He went to DC, did Justice League, Blue Devil, Firestorm. He's quite the prolific guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, good call on that. And man, uh, com- that combined with what John said, had Jose Delbo happened to do this fill-in <laughs> at 150 panels, that man may have just killed over at his table. <laughs> My. My. Okay. Wow. All right, uh, John and or Maggie, do y'all have anything else to add? Uh, the only thing, Fisher, I was going to mention, I guess, is the writing in this felt very try-hardish to me. Like, it was trying really hard to sound like a Transformers book while not really being a Transformers book. Uh, and I found it really disappointing that the one female Autobot or bot thingy doesn't even get a name. 
She's just a lady junkie on is what they refer to her as. She can get laugh the name. Every time. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, well, that's not. It's like, really? You don't even put RC in this? <laughs> I think so, they called her the lady junkie on. Yes. Yeah. Like, okay. So that was, yeah. But I, I will mention, um, I thought the Sharktacons were adorable. <laughs> I think they were supposed to be scary, <laughs> but I thought they were super cute. And. Um, I thought it was hilarious that they were saying <laughs> the description in the box was like this, these two cataclysmic forces of uh, Rodimus and Galvatron colliding. And the sound that they chose to go with was oof. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not exactly cataclysmic in my mind. Trash Onda. Yeah. <laughs> they could have called her Trash Onda. Yeah. Trash Onda. Trash Onda. Uh, <laughs> Oh. It's just it's, it's a bunch of silliness. It's a very silly issue with no substance whatsoever, but some really uh, class A art. <laughs> so <laughs> you can imagine being a kid just like all hopped up on Mountain Dew yeah. and, and gummy bears and just like reading this <laughs> fast pace. <laughs> or with a fever. I feel like it would make more yes. sense if you had a fever. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. Nice. Uh John, yeah, did you have anything that you wanted to add? Well, I forgot to mention another good in that there is an ad for the NES Double Dragon game. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is awesome. a really, really awesome NES game. It was yeah. really, really fun. Um, Yeah, I didn't get to actually mention any bads the last time. No, so I'm just going to mention them uh, as they occur to me. Um, first, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that my good bud uh, Nell Yamtov uh, managed to do something uh, which he hadn't managed to do before, which is to confuse me a lot in uh, content page four. He decides to uh, color Regar and what the lady junkie on mm-hmm. in such weird ways. And then I think it even confused Machio because he he writes was there's a bit where it's supposed to be Regar um, on the screen and the junkie are mm. on the left looking at each other, but he just draws them as having a conversation between each other as if they're both junkions. And that one stopped me for so long. And I'm like, who's that now? Who are these people? Why are there American flags behind them? See, you you cared on? too much, John. That and was then, your and, then, and suddenly like, wait a minute. Yum, Tom. <laughs> you you were too invested in the quote unquote story, John. Well, it was only <laughs> page four. I was gonna <laughs> give it some time, but yeah, after that, I just gave up. The a couple of things that did you know kind of annoy me about this one. It's like if you're gonna have Rodimus Prime and Ultra Magnus in it. Give them something better. You pick a better episode where they at least do something, especially Magnus. What does he do the entire time? He's like, good job. Let's do that, Rodimus Prime. Yeah, his whole purpose is just to compliment Rodimus. And also, if you have Skylinks here, and especially cartoon Skylinks here, that he doesn't act like um uh, Skylinks act or talk like Skylinks does in the cartoon. You should be constantly bragging about everything he's doing and ridiculing everyone else for doing it wrong. Now, remember, before you do anything, think, is this what Skylinks would do in my position? And you will not go far wrong. Blaster's also a little off model and acts weird. But, you know, I am, I'm not going to give Kupper, Kupperberg any, any crap for because of the reasons that we said. I mean, 
he managed to pull this off. It could have been a lot worse, but man, there's so much stuff in this. Well, there's even an ad for Rambo. <laughs> yes. Freedom is everything. That's, right, yeah. that's the NES Rambo game, oh, which was not as fun as the Double Dragon game, but was in its own way fun, as I recall. Almost as good as Crambo. No, no, nothing is as good as Crambo, especially <laughs> that Brick Spring Stern uh, soundtrack <laughs> yeah. on the Crambo. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up. Movie. You can get your Crambo and have your Thanksgiving dinner with Crambo and Brick Spring Stern. <laughs> <laughs> I like fresh cranbo. Some people like cranbo out of the tin. <laughs> I like it out of the can. I do. You know? Oh, one other That's thing. That's what was in the green tin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Got it. Cranbo the whole time. I also love that in this, not only can uh, Megatron slash Galvatron fly, but so can apparently Ultra Magnus and Rodimus. They just, oh, we're flying now. Rodimus All right. Oh, yeah, right here. Yeah, content page uh, uh, 13, like right after they walk and look at Superion, who is inexplicably shrunken to the point that he's as small as they are. It's, again, what what nonsense is all of this? The Quintessons are pretty dang on model. And I also, I wanted to mention before I toss this back to whoever, it is kind of fun the way the Quintessons just hate each other. <laughs> the one, we must get the thing. Shut up. Yeah, they they weren't they weren't big fans of each other, and yeah, I'll I'll take it to wrap it up. I, I, looking at it, and I'm not even the nitpickiest guy. There are some there are even some drawing mistakes where there's one where I think they were supposed to be Galvatron, and it was Cyclonus was drawn instead. Uh, there was one where Soundwave was inexplicably drawn and it was supposed to be someone else, and it was just like, what is going on? And Coverberg was like. Look, man, I had like a 30-minute <laughs> deadline to do. <laughs> you you got to just cut me some slack. You wanted robots? I drew robots. <laughs> I, drew issue, I drew issue five. What do you want? That's the one with the cover you love that I didn't draw. But you love that issue. Oh, yes. Uh, that MD Bright cover with Shockwave. Woo. All right. Uh, before we uh, get – well, I was going to say before we get too off track. We've already been off track. This whole episode is off track. But I will get us to the next part of the Script. Now it's time for us to talk about who had the touch, where we talk about which character in the book stood out the most, be it Autobot, Decepticon, or human. <laughs> Good luck. Let's go. Maggie, uh, who had the touch to you? Uh um it'll I'm gonna oh boy. The Sharkticons? That works. I'll give it to them. I like their pointy teeth. I thought Shark- that they were drawn well. <laughs> Shark- Sharktacons are cute. Uh, John, since you got the mic, who had the touch to you? Omega Supreme, hands down. Because we get to see him do something we never get to see him do in this comic, which is shoot and actually apparently hit someone. <laughs> and um, remembering that that's what he's supposed to do, even though he even in this manages to do his job wrong, because he's like, I will defend by attacking. It's like, yeah, all right, we'll allow it. Omega, you're shooting, <laughs> Omega, you get to touch. Yeah, it's like, at least you got to do something, you big galoot. Jared, who had the touch, my friend? Little known fact, it's regular Omega, but if you put sour cream and tomatoes on it, then he's Omega Supreme. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I get tired of these jokes. You know, Delvin, I'm going to say that um, Flarpsnab had it. There's probably a dude named Flarpsnab in this one. I don't know. Um, mm. 
you know what? Forced to pick one, I would say Astro Train because, as you know, growing up as a kid, I had exactly two Transformers, and he was one of them. And I was like, hey, I had that guy. <laughs> so there you go. I'm giving it to Astro Train because I was like, I had that guy. He's a triple changer. That's a good enough reason. And since everyone else is being kind of silly and I don't actually have a real one, I'm going to pick Superion just because I thought it was funny that his big plan uh, once he transformed and you know to the big just all was just literally just to run into. <laughs> 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 it's like aren't, aren't you you know don't you have tactician like abilities no just ram it <laughs> okay Leroy Jenkins before Leroy Jenkins <laughs> well, well, remember, 2006 right so well, let's yeah. no prize that though but because remember in uh, this is crossing of continuities here in issue 21 where Superion was or where they were sent out before their programming was completed whatever the heck that means uh, Superion like you know went up the moment they went as superior he went like rogue immediately so maybe he just has that deep within him that's like hey superior what are we doing don't know <laughs> we are we're real fast <laughs> let's launch <laughs> off it okay all right all right all right such heroic license If we had talked about the touch, someone had to be out of touch. If we talk about the character, that was the worst in the book. It should have to be controlled by Earth TV 24 hours a day because, I mean, who is engaged with media all day in the modern day, right? In the segment called Less Than Meets the Eye, we'll toss it back to Jared. Jared, you know, like I, I need you to think and, and seriously consider mm. who is Less Than Meets the Eye in the book. Weighing all the factors. Yes. Uh, I guess I would have to say Galvatron, because his his underlings are like trying to bring him information. He's literally smacking them and telling them <laughs> to go away. Yeah. Um that's so that's, it's on brand. That's kind I, of I wanted does. to give it to to Lady Junkian, but she didn't do anything wrong. It's not her fault that no one named her. Right. Yeah. That's the page. Yes. No, no one named Trashonda. And there there it was right there. John, who was less than me CI to you? I don't know. Um whoever greenlit this, I'm gonna give less Cocaine. than CI. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, you can say what you want about the car wash of doom or doom! even the wrestling issue that comes afterwards or even like the wordiness of the earlier Machio. But this one is about the most forgettable issue ever. As a matter of fact, I encourage people who are reading it to skip it. It is often left out of collections for just this reason. <laughs> so I liked car wash of doom. Let's, I did too. I loved it. We all love car wash of doom. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was way better than this one. <laughs> But Maggie, for this issue, yes, who is less than MCI to you? The issue. I'm going to give it <laughs> to the issue itself. It should be ashamed of itself, and it should not be included in collections. It is entirely forgettable. You don't need to read it for any reason whatsoever. It just exists. Mm. So... Back to the comic book. If I, were to, <laughs> if I were to pick a less than me CI, I would say it's the Quintessons, only because like oh, they, sure. they they like they 
make them out to be like they're supposed to be these powerful beings. It's like they ruled Cybertron before the Autobots and Decepticons came along. And like you get the feeling that that wasn't really a high pitched battle. Like the Quintessons are like, <laughs> we, we want to stay. And they're like, no, you got to go. And the Quintessons are like, OK, <laughs> because because they're useless. They're useless. They're like they're not good fighters. They're not good planners. They Did just you notice, though, Delvin. Here's the thing. Every time their ship got hit with something, it immediately destroyed the current whatever techno babble thing they were using. <laughs> it was at first it was the subliminal messaging thing. And then it was like their magnetic like tractor beam thing. Yep. Like both times, as soon as they got hit, that very thing that they were currently <laughs> using ceased operations altogether. And, and I like feel like they were. Like you said, Delvin, the, they had the ability to influence all their thoughts. They could have just been like, hey, everyone junkie on, find the green canister and hand it over to your buddies, the Sharpticons or whatever. It would have been the easiest plan in the world. Smile like, on your brother, you know? What, they had the subliminal messaging. They did not have to get the Autobots involved. They didn't have to get the Decepticons involved. They did not have to get have the galaxy involved. And yet... <sighs> In any event, it's time to rate Transformers 43. Can't wait for this. <laughs> we rate things here on Transformers Chronicles on a scale of 1 to 10. I, I get the feeling that we're not going to have too many 10s. Like, I... Yeah. So I, I, I have like a, I have a decent I have a decent amount of military training and I podcasted and hosted for a while. You know, something about reading the room. I'm not seeing a lot of tens. I don't even know who to start with. Uh, I, we'll start with our guest, Jared. One to ten. What would you rate Transformers Forty Three? All right. The best thing about the issue is the Herb Trimpy cover. Um, like you said, if five is just a very average issue, sort of a wheel spinner that gets you from, from one to two, we've covered some of those on, you know, Amazing Spider-Man Chronicles. All that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this is m- more of a chore to read than that. So I'm, I'm going to have to put it at a three out of 10. Um, I think they would have been better off to this is good this is gonna sound like a joke and it's partially a joke but it's partially true too with this cover they would have been better off to have like rodimus prime pull up to some space gas station out there and galvatron pulls at the same time and he's like oh f you and he's like no dude f you and they literally fight through the just just to cut through the <laughs> whole thing yeah. that would have been better than what this is which is a kind of a joke but it's also not a joke like if that's all it was was them fighting like we see on the cover it would have been better it was just too all over the place. It felt like a chore. Uh, you know, props to the guys who drew it, colored it, inked it. Like they did a lot of work. And mm-hmm. so for that, it deserves respect. But in the end, I have to give it a three. And then Galvatron would have been like, no, you didn't understand, Rodimus. I said, F you. <laughs> <laughs> and they start fighting <laughs> like, like Peter and the chicken. <laughs> It'd be like maybe a bad coupon. <laughs> you would knock off Optimus. You're knock off Megatron. Back, bam, bam, whack, whack, whack. <laughs> okay. Like well, hey, while I've got the mic, and you can Dragon this out if you want. Am I crazy, or isn't Galvatron like a? Isn't he like Megatron transformed? Like, he's yeah. a, he is Megatron. Yes. Yes. But it, but not with Rodimus. Rodimus was a completely other, not as cool character as Optimus. So yes, Rodim, uh, Rodimus Prime is Hot Rod with right. the Okay. Major. All right, I remember now. Judd Nelson. 
<laughs> it's all coming back. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, pass it to, we'll go Maggie. Maggie, what would you rate Transformers 43? I agree with Jared. I'll give it a three. I think that there was effort put in, so it does deserve respect for that. People worked on it, and they tried very hard to make something out of nothing. <laughs> they sort of succeeded. Uh, but yeah, if five is average, this is definitely below average. So I think three is a pretty fair rating. Okay. John, what would you rate it? I'm going to go one lower and give it a two, and not just to be the guy to give it one lower. I mean... Yeah, this deserves, like, there was a lot of, like, effort put into this by people who clearly didn't, you know, have the level amount of time that they normally would have. But that doesn't get it a rating. That just gets it, you know, a good job, guys. I'll buy your other stuff. Uh, I I would rank a, a one star, a, a one on the tech specs means the character does not have that. If they have a firepower of one, it means they don't have a gun. You know, if they have a skill of one, it means they cannot move. So I won't give it a one because there is content here. (laughs) But the only thing I can do that content is give it a two, which it has. Man, that one guy who wrote us the email that said that we are way too positive about things must be just punching the air right now. Like Judd Nelson. I don't don't know. He he may be upset that we um, none of us are going to give it a one. Eh, I don't. I actually don't know what I want to rate this. If I could, I, I would cop out and just say NA. But yeah. uh, since everyone else rated it, then I'll give it a three as well. It's not great. It isn't. Um, it and in light of where we were coming from, I do understand that there was a need for uh, maybe Jose Delbo to kind of cool his jets, as it were. Uh, but they could have gotten a fill-in artist and continued the storyline as normal and then gotten back to Jose Delbo uh, and Bob Budiansky. They did not have to take this detour. It just felt disjointed and weird, and it overall just felt like a rush project. Um, and, and, you know, I, what's what's that term? Um, I'm sure you guys know, like, you know, that you have that episode that's just in the drawer or something like that to pull out just in case. Oh, yeah, we've... It was Ryan Daly who had to remind us what it was called. It's like a yeah. desk drawer issue or yeah. a filing cabinet issue. issue. Yeah. yeah, that's what this feels like. This feels like one of those issues. And and that issue is never supposed to be the highest of quality. And mm-hmm. so in that, it did succeed because it wasn't the highest of quality. But it got us for another month. And as we are very famous for saying here on Transformers Chronicles and Long Boss Crusade in general, sometimes you just got to eat the filler. That's what this was. We can and never will leave you without John's segment of the show called Transformer Spotlight, where he discusses a particular Transformer that was featured in today's issue. It's your show, John. Thank you, Delvin. Today we are doing Ultra Magnus, not because of anything in particular he does in this issue, but because it is the only chance I will get to do Ultra Magnus as he never appears in another issue of this series. No! Soak him up now, guys. Here is what uh, you read on the back of Ultra Magnus's box. Uh, his allegiance is Autobot. His function is City Commander. More on that in a little bit. Uh, His motto is, Consistency is Victory. Ultra Magnus is all soldier. He is most comfortable when carrying out Optimus Prime's orders. 
possesses magnificent fighting skills, courage, and a gift for battlefield improvisation. Uh, Uncomfortable in the mantle of leadership, but presents strong profile as a commander. Carries missile launchers capable of hitting a target 30 miles away. Resolute, fair, and courageous beyond reproach. Ever ready to sacrifice himself for the good of men and mission. His strength is a nine. His intelligence is also a nine. His speed is a six. His cur- uh, his endurance is an eight. His rank is an eight. His courage is a nine. His firepower is six. And his skill is an eight. Uh, the Ultra Magnus toy was interesting because it was a uh, remold of the original Optimus Prime toy uh, was the front uh uh, composed the uh, semi-cab section. It was, unlike Optimus Prime, it was just completely uh, white and was not colored. Uh, it wasn't colored blue like, like Optimus Prime was, or blue and red like Optimus Prime. But when you transformed him, he looked exactly like him. Uh, this led to a lot of interesting continuity stuff in various later uh, things, most notably in Dreamwave, which I believe has Ultra Magnus and Optimus Prime be brothers based on this i'm not entirely sure um but the toy was great uh, it had a trailer that could carry up to four autobots in car mode or probably your entire collection of mini bots as long as you didn't care about them falling out of there uh this guy uh w- when he would transform into the optimus prime form uh he also came with a larger headpiece and then two sets of fists Um, Not just the fists that would be like the Optimus Prime size, but then bigger ones which went over them uh, to fit the scale of Ultra Magnus. He also came with a laser gun, four missiles, uh, two missile launchers. He had uh, two waste pieces which went over that and a chest plate, which made him about the size of the Power Master Optimus Prime we were talking about last month. Uh, but that's Ultra Magnus. He was cool looking. He was actually cooler looking in vehicle mode. Uh, uh, because in robot mode, he was very immobile and very little articulation. But Ultra, here's a little bit of trivia about him. Uh, Ultra Magnus first appeared in 1986, uh, shortly before the release of the movie, in an original Japanese animated TV movie called... Um, Scramble City. Uh, it's in the continuity of the Japanese cartoon, but not the American one. Uh, is but Autobots are shown to be in the midst of constructing uh, the powerful uh, Autobot City, which they prefer to as Scramble City, and it's overseen by their newest arrival, Ultra Magnus. When the Decepticons learn of this, their combiner robots are, are deployed to attack, and a battle between them and the new Autobot uh, combiner robots ensues, which focuses on their scramble power. Now, you've heard me probably refer to the uh, certain Scramble City combiners. Uh, that's the ones that debuted in this one. That's like the Aerial Bots, the Stumpticons, the Protector Bots, and the Combaticons. Um, and it's noted because of the fact that those smaller robots are interchangeable and connect with can connect with any of the main boss robots. And that function is actually featured in this movie uh, to the extent that one point um, Wild Rider of the Stunticons connects to Superion to damage him. 
Um, but at this conclusion of this, the Scramble City is activated and it assumes the robot mode of Metroplex, which routes the Decepticons. However, from the ocean depths, the Decepticons' own city of Trypticon rises, and uh, that plotline was never resolved and was uh, never referred to again. Uh, so that was interesting, and at the time when it was put out, it was kind of... Um, the or You can't really find it too many places. You can find it on the um, one of the Transformers the movie anniversary editions has it included as it. It's it's interesting to find as a curiosity. The animation style is is really good, and the artwork is also good. Uh, Ultra Magnus, as we said in this comic, does not do anything else. If you want him, your place is the Transformers, the movie where he is voiced with the late by the late great Robert Stack, as we all know, and we'll hear him his dialogue in our heads, even in this one when he's saying whatever you say. A really cool place for Ultra Magnus is the IDW comic books, especially the Phase Two ones like Maggie and I do on the when we do the Rodbot shows when MWC means uh, married with Cybertron. In that one, Ultra Magnus has an incredibly cool story um, and also is used for a really cool comedic effect where he's kind of the um, the straight man in the constant comedy that's going on around him in the More Than Meets the Eye comic. But thanks as always to TFWiki.net and Ants over at Transformers University, which you can find at TFU.info and that is Ultra Magnus and that is is Transformers Spotlight. Delvin. Thank you, John. Yeah, I remember um, having read one of those dream waves where somehow Ultra Magnus was stripped out of the armor and then it was like kind of this big reveal that he showed up like as this all white Optimus Prime and I was like, oh, that's so cool. I remember nothing else about the book other than, yeah. other than that moment with, with Ultra Magnus, but all right, that's cool. Throw in, so he's always been a favorite character of mine. I love the Robert Stack voice, and I just thought he was cool looking. Uh, question for John, if you've watched Scramble City, is it about 22 minutes long? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay, it's on YouTube. If you type okay. Scramble City Transformers, someone's posted the English version. Okay. Uh, so get out there and watch it, folks. Uh, I, I got a still shot of it in front of me, and the animation looked quite good. Well, thanks for that, Jared. Thank you, John. And now we will go to a promo break. The Transformers will return after these messages. You are receiving a transmission from the Rod Pod. Upload pending. Stand by for soundtrack transfer. I am Maggie. And I am John. And we are trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head. The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comic. Which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. So we figure we may as well read them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by. Upload complete now. The Rod Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.libsyn.com at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found.
So, uh, till all are one. Till all are one. We now return to the Transformers. I am Optimus Prime, and I send this message so that our past will always be remembered. For in those memories, we live on. Now it's time for transmissions where we heap praise upon the audience for listening to us. We appreciate your love, uh, support, and attention we get from the show that only John gets in real life. I haven't read that in a long time, so I just wanted to read it this time. <laughs> we are going to talk about uh, Transformers issue 40 um, that we covered on Transformers Chronicles episode 40. And I tell you what, I will read the uh, social media shares and retweets, uh, and then we'll pass it around to everyone for the comments. Uh, just a Quick thank you to Coffee and Comics, Fan Film Fridays, Scotty Cameron, Professor Frenzy, it's a show, Steve at Airborne8890, and Jim Meal uh, for your shares or retweets on social media. And uh, we will do a quick pass around uh, for any comments that were uh, that came from the episode. Uh, Jared, you want to start? I guess to read my own comment in my own voice. So... <laughs> That's convenient. I commented over on the X and said, tell Maggie that me getting her YouTube video references is tight. Trust me. She will get it. Wow. 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 wow, wow. wow. I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, you'd love his videos too, Delvin. They're it's hilarious. A, it's called it's pitch a, meeting. Or what's his? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, send me one. I'll send you a pitch meeting. You will yeah. laugh. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Maybe you'll something. Cool. John, you want to take the next one? A, an individual named Serpy Matt uh, said to us at Serpy Matt uh, said, I may need to dive into these since I never re- read the comics. Also, here's a Skullgrin in honor of the cover. And he shows a cool. picture of his Skullgrin t- toy. I don't know. Which version of that it is? It's purple, though. Um, it's cool. It is cool. And Serpy Matt is a uh, Matt Passo, uh, oh, one of our crus- one of our Crusaders Club members. Uh, so I appreciate Matt for uh, his comment. Maggie, your turn. Uh, Scotty Cameron says we've reached the return of the one and only Thaddeus. I mean Red Skull. I mean Optimus Prime. Man, I gotta stop mixing up my Peter Cullen characters. It's so great to get have him back twenty six issues later, even if it's just in virtual reality. It's a couple of old cuts there, Scotty. Yeah, for real. I didn't know that he made all those voices too. So uh, thank you to Scotty. Uh, I know Scotty is a longtime listener. I appreciate it. Uh, we have a relatively new listener, Peter Peltier, uh, who says in comic book guy voice. I believe, John, the Transformers librarian, has gotten the non-transforming action masters, which concluded the G1 toy line in 1990s, confused with the pretenders. I think, I think he's talking about where I, I referred to the um, uh, the later pretenders when they have Grimlock, uh, Jazz, and Bumblebee, I think. I think I said that they don't transform. I mean, they do, but sort of. Deep into the, the Furman run, we'll I remember and talk about him. I remember. I don't want to yeah. say. I no. don't, don't want to say one of the main characters that becomes an action master. I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> but the action masters, yeah, no, I know from them. I think yeah. 
I actually like might have been one of the things I bought. And even when I bought the thing, I felt like I was like doing a Hasbro pity buy. I was like, oh, oh, you're so cute. Hasbro still making Transformers. Uh, And it was a pretty sad, but the line was pretty sad by that point. (laughs) All right. I'm going to quickly read a comment by Max Traver, who says this podcast is more than meets the ears. Uh, Thank you, Uh, Jared. You want to read Christopher Willett's comments? Sure. <clears throat> Thanks for saying my name in the podcast. Okay, when you guys brought up that Optimus was in a video game, I remembered that plot, but still have no memory of the pretenders outside of the cover. I always hated, we did a backup of your memory plot lines because to the extent they were sentient, that is not them. It's like a detailed photo that they did it with. Kit, the car, I think he's talking... I don't know. I, this is complicated, but... <laughs> He just thought I it was uh, I might have missed that episode of Knight Rider, mm. but nothing falls out of, of John's head, so I'm certain he can. I had apparently not, except for like, <laughs> as my wife looks at me and says, oh, what? <laughs> like like the oven is on and something is burning right now, but he he knows. Me who had to be told all month that it's her birthday tomorrow. No, you know? it's like Jared's been here. Like. <laughs> You're right. Nothing falls out of his head, but at any given moment, something may be on fire or lost forever. We'll never know. Uh, Christopher goes on to say, I remember that cover and how they incorporated Optimus instead of a straight box over the art. Okay. Oh, and then he goes on to say, though the yellow background still feels cheap, like color forms. Chris had a lot to say. Is that all the Chris? That is all the Chris. That is all the Chris. Uh, ludicrous. Ah, there you go. I'm going to get uh, the Shingo Award. That's a, uh, that's, you know what? I'm skipping that. That's a weird Transformers deep cut that I don't want to get into. All right. What's next? Because I agree with Chris. Even back at the time, it's still, I have the, it's a problem with this. It, in the sense that Optimus Prime is a sapient, sentient individual being, a copy of that would be just that. It's, it would be a copy and would be a different person. And so a, a different one, identical in all ways, but they, but in a lot of ways it would be a different. Now you can pretty easily no prize your way around it, especially if you take the fact that he was plugged into the video game he was playing at the time. And it was currently in the process of saving it while he died. You can kind of squint real hard and get that, but I get that. There was a Knight Rider episode where they had to save Kit by making a duplicate and stuff, and that bugged me at that time, too. <laughs> so Chris and I, Christopher and I would probably, we could get along just talking about, you know, I hate it when they sure uh, copy a robot and pretend it's the same thing. Me, too, John. And <laughs> for hours and hours. You're, you're full of unintentional puns, too. You said duplicate. Right. All righty. All right. There's uh, there are three more comments. And the reason why I want to give them attention is because these comments were from Spotify. Uh, We got we get some Spotify love. And I just want to say thank you all so much. Apparently, we have a huge following, as um, I am told by both Pat and Jared, who uh, take care of such numbers. Uh, so thank you, Spotify listeners, and please tell your friends and tell them to add it so we can have a bigger following. We love that. Uh, and action one, film face-off. And action film face-off, <laughs> of course. And uh, so this comment is from Christian Fecto. Christian says, absolutely love this and other comic shows on the LBC network. 
You guys are funny, positive, and dynamic. So much nostalgia and appreciation for the quality of the stories makes me want to reread them. I think you mean read them all, Christian. But that 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 little faux pas aside, dude, thank you so much. Like uh, we legitimately appreciate it. Uh, and Jared, I'm pretty sure he also likes the non-comic shows too, even though he's specifically <laughs> focused on the comic shows and not action film based. Oh, we can only hope. Uh, John, you want to read the uh, second comment? Uh, yes. Uh, Scotty Cameron said, great episode. Love the discussion of the gargantuan amount of Transformers in this comic. Uh, looking forward to the return of Optimus Prime. So that must have been 42. Uh, so thank you, Scotty. That, you like that conversation as well. No, he's probably talking about 41, the gargantuan oh, that- amount. Oh, that's what I meant. 41, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Maggie, I we don't I don't know how to pronounce this. It's a whole bunch of uh letters and numbers, but they left a comment if you want to read it, Maggie. <laughs> Might be, yeah, it's pronounced coolie. You know what, John? <laughs> Guess you're sleeping on the couch. I was gonna Throw say that. it's pronounced bot, but who knows? Um Loving the podcast, it somehow reminds me of my favorite podcast of all time, which was Remember When, parentheses, unfortunately, it seems to have stopped, close parentheses, keep it up. Remember When? Was that one of yours? This is uh, what it says. No, yeah, that's, what, that's what it says. Like, maybe, I don't know if it's a complete thought or not, but no, that's what it says. I think it's a podcast called Remember, called remember that's When. What I, that's what I was thinking, yeah. I don't know. He, he threw a you in favorite, so who knows what other weird shenanigans he's up to. It's, 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 either, it's either that or we got our first AI comment. I knew it. Bleeding edge of technology we are over here. I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. It's and appreciate your likes and shares and retweets. That's right. It's only fitting for trans. Transformers comments, our chronicles that we get these uh, AI. Uh, you, you know what? If we happen to miss a few, we do apologize. Uh, it's a good problem to have, but we don't want to forget to recognize anyone. Ping us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and we will correct it the next issue. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the show. Please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss Transformers issue 44, where we see Optimus Prime and Skylinks involved in a cosmic carnival with the cover I looked at is correct. <laughs> and if you'd like to hear more from us, Longbox Crusade, we are everywhere, y'all. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Please subscribe. Uh, we have a Patreon. You could join our Crusaders Club at only $1 a month. We are grandfathered in, folks. None of that $3 a month nonsense. No, no. $1 a month. So please come join us for just, uh, what is that? Eight bits? Yeah, eight bits. And there's a voicemail as well. Uh, you can e, uh, you can voicemail us and call and leave a voicemail on the show that we will play here if one is available. 707-532-5269. That is 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Oh, you're, man, you're I had it on. really like Marilyn Monroe oh. singing to the president. I had it on mute, and I was trying to unmute it quick, but Jared just did John, well, you can John. do another one and layer it if you want in the editing. <laughs> Pick up the phone. All right. That's right. And you can also email us at contact at John, Maggie, why don't you tell us about your podcast and where you can be found on the internet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, in honor of our absent friend, Pat, I shall say, well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. 
Um, as we've said, we are MWC podcast with John and Maggie. Uh, the MWs or the C stands for content. The MW is usually the married with. We do a lot of things. Married with comics. Married watching cartoons. Even married with Cybertron, where we call it the Rod Pod, and that's where Maggie and I, along with John M. Wilson, covered the IDW Phase Two Transformers comics in order uh you can find any of these things under uh just by looking for married or you can look for married with comics or mwc with john and maggie or just mwc podcasts the just all your favorite places apple podcast spotify audible or ask your amazon device to play mwc podcast you can also do that for this podcast as well i did that the other day I can say word I can't say. Otherwise, it'll talk to me right now. Play Transformers <laughs> Chronicles. And it'll say, well, four or five times after it mishears me, it'll play <laughs> this podcast. Um, you can find us at MWC under podcast or at MWC underscore podcast over on Insta- Instagram and threads. And send us an email if you'd like it. MarriedWComics at gmail.com. I usually ask Pat, but who am I asking? Uh, You're asking me. Belvin, where can you be found? You can find me on Twitter, X, D-E underscore R-A-Y, 1977, Instagram, at Delvin Ray. And that is it, everybody. See you all next time. Oh, wait. Oh, geez. Uh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I forgot my friend over there, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. My bad, Jared. So anyway, freedom is the right. No, sorry, Jared. <laughs> Go for it, man. Please tell us where you can be found. And thank you so much for coming in basically last minute uh, for this pinch hit. Uh, greatly appreciate you being on, man. Something special about these nonsensical one-off issues and me being on the show. I have found my niche. Uh, and by the way, Delvin. I'm glad you asked. I can be found at Yard Sale Artists on the X and the Facebook and the Instagram. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartists.com. And I'm hoping to make an appearance on Married with Corn Dogs because that sounds delicious. We'll have to squeeze you in. Man, now married now we're like married with canapes. <laughs> married with canapes. I was going to say murdered with carrots. Cannoli? <laughs> Ooh. So while they keep going with MWC-related puns, I'm here to tell you freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Till all are one. Till Til all, all are one. Heck yeah. Corn dogs, Delvin. Corn dogs. Corn dogs. <laughs> you got the power. All right, Ultra Mag or Ultra Magnus. <laughs> Getting way ahead of myself Such there. Suspicious start. Yes. Thank All you guys right. for having me on what's clearly your first episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rare privilege. I can't tell you how excited I have been to listen to you put a synopsis on this book after I read it. I was like, I can't wait. This has got to be at least two paragraphs minimum. Let's find out. Thank you for listening.